Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea, on assignment. He's not here. But running the boards is Joey D's. Hey. On today's show, Vicky will talk about Big Mouth. Not her Big Mouth, the show Big Mouth. We will talk about some interesting gaming topics, including what Xbox is doing with uh, the cloud and a topic that I found from Reddit about what's the biggest shocker you've had in your gaming journey. Mm. But of course, we'll have the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Let's get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Um, or just look up BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. And Vicky, you are one of those people who will binge a show and just destroy it in usually a mm. day or two. Especially if I really love it. And uh, you've uh, been talking the praises of Big Mouth for a while now. And they're yes. under season four, the premiere. Mm-hmm. And it's Netflix. So did the whole thing drop? Yes. And did you watch the entire thing? Yes, it did oh. take me a few days longer than normal. Wow, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> uh, I will preface this and say uh, it is an animated show. Yes. It looks very, like, not just, like, you think of, like, an adult animated show, you think of, like, an archer, which has, like, a fairly nice animation style. They look really weird looking. They're not pretty. Yeah. Because it's just really, really cartoony, but it is not, not, not for children. No, it's dirty. Filthy. Filthy. I mean, the whole premise is essentially based around it being filthy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like when you get into this and when you realize some of the voices in it, including like Nick Kroll, which Which he does a lot of the voices in this, which you may know from The League, which uh, was on FXX, which was a crude show, uh, fantastic show, but it was a very crude show and most of the time because of Nick. Yeah, he had the Kroll show as well. Yeah, the Kroll show was great. He was, I think, the douche in the Parks and Rec. He was a radio guy. Called the douche, and it's funny because really? he, he was such a douche on air and had like <laughs> voice. But then afterwards, he keep talking, he's like very, very intellectual, <laughs> very smart, you know, soft-spoken individual. Like it kind of sounds about right when it comes down to that sort of stuff. And uh, it follows around uh, multiple teenagers. They're in middle school. You're kind of you, you sense a, a, they they do talk about a lot of more adult stuff. At least remembering my middle school experience, I'm like I was a little more naive around that age. However, they hit on topics. You're like, yep, mm, I remember that embarrassing moment. And, <laughs> and I love that by season four, it's raunchy jokes, raunchy jokes, raunchy jokes. Um, but there's so much more to it. Like there's one episode where a character finally comes out to his family. And I was I was kind of a mess. Like oh, the way, really? I was not expecting the way it turned out. So it was really, really well done. The cast is phenomenal. They talk about big, heavy subjects throughout all all the seasons. Uh, like on one season, they did a whole episode about Planned Parenthood and birth control wow. and like all these different things. Like it, it's phenomenal. They did a whole episode about code switching. So if you don't know what code switching is, is if you're a person of color um, having to basically switch who you are and how you act and how you talk oh, depending on where you're at. Oh, yeah. But they did a whole musical piece about it. it that's <laughs> what I mean. Like they, they hit some big topics. But it's funny. It's messed up. Uh, I love. I, I was reading on Ranker like w- like some big like awesome reactions to season four, and this was one of my favorite ones. Like in season one of Big Mouth, Nick, which is actually voiced by Nick Kroll, <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure just because of the way he says things, 
you think, okay, I feel like you really base this character and a lot of the stuff that he's saying is something that has hit him. Like when it comes to, you'll see when I see that, read, that, read this. Because in the first season, Nick is insecure because he hasn't started puberty yet. Mm-hmm. And he feels like he's getting left behind from his peers. Here are some raunchy, raunchy jokes. And Big Mouth season four. Nick's biggest fear is being hurt by people he cares about and ultimately pushes them away so he doesn't have to be vulnerable anymore, even though he doesn't want to be a jerk. And the struggle is so deep within his soul that it's literally pushed from his body until he can accept all parts of himself. And here's some raunchy jokes. (laughs) (laughs) It's very deep, and you will definitely relate to it. Yeah, and I mean, you just uh, talking about that descriptor of, uh, you know, the later seasons of Nick. I mean, that kind of resonates with me uh, a a little bit more than I would like. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, this season was... It's going to be messed up. Like, in fact, Paul Giamatti in one episode plays the voice of someone's poo. What? <laughs> what? Are we talking like Mr. Hanky sort of stuff on this? I guess I don't know. It's, like he doesn't have, it doesn't look like Mr. Hanky, but <laughs> I totally forgot it talked. And then I'm looking at the IMDb. It's like Paul Giamatti voice of this person's poo, <laughs> and I'm saying it nicely, by the way. Um, <laughs> wow. But that's what I mean. It's so messed up. It really they epi- talk about big things, and you will relate to it. And the episodes are what about a half hour in length? Yes. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, do not watch this with your parents around. <laughs> parents or children. I love that they. <laughs> They will break the fourth wall constantly. Um, and they did do a change. This is something that they announced before the season dropped, that yes. they were changing the voice of one of the main characters, Missy, who is a half-Jewish, white, half-African-American girl. And in this season, they really tackle like her really discovering her roots. Like She's like, I don't really feel connected to that black side of me. So they really go on this journey. Um, and then you can tell eventually they do change her voice. And she does break the fourth wall at one point. She's like... Hey, I'm I'm a I'm a 13, 14 year old girl being voiced by a 37 year old white woman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jenny that, that needs to be changed. Jenny Slate <laughs> did a really good job, but I think it was pretty awesome that they did change it. The voice sounds very similar, but you can tell there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So, all around, it was a phenomenal season. I was with the fourth season. You kind of have very low expectations. Yes, but they knocked it out of the park. Right on. So um, definitely binge it. Yeah. Away from family. <laughs> uh, now, next up, Joe, I don't know how interested you are with this, but I'm kind of uh, interested. Uh, uh, it was reported by Verge last October that Microsoft was looking to bring the X Cloud to iOS via mobile app uh, sometime in early 2021. Uh, and it looks like the PC version of xCloud will be delivered through the Xbox app uh, for Windows 10. Now, what does that mean? That means that you're going to be able to do some cloud gaming with your Xbox uh, via mobile app. Whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this was the um, uh, the announcement was in spring of 2021, they're going to take the next step in their journey to reach more players around the world by making cloud gaming a part of the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate available on Windows PCs through the Xbox app and browser and iOS devices through their mobile web browser. So there's a couple there's a couple of apps that I've been able to download and they're doing things because you can kind of look at your gamer score and do some stuff now, but they're going to be upping that so you can actually play games on your cloud service via your phone. And this is the one time now that I'm basically going to have to get a uh, one of those controllers that you can plug your phone into, like an actual game controller. I didn't even know they had those. Yeah, they have them. I've seen them on Amazon, and I've been waiting to pull the plug because I'm like, well, I'm not a kind of person that wants to play Fortnite. But when Fortnite came to the uh, to the smaller the PCs and not the PCs, but the phones and stuff, you need that controller because I don't know. It's I I've tried to play Sonic the Hedgehog just on my phone. 
But since I'm like an old school gamer, I've got to have that tactile of the buttons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's too hard to play even something like Sonic when it comes down to that. So uh, I'm eagerly awaiting to see what they're going to be doing doing with this. Um, xCloud will still be bundled as a part of the $15 Xbox Game uh, Pass Ultimate subscription, and it says to pl- it plans to launch the game uh, the gaming beta through Game Pass in more markets, including uh, Brazil, Australia, Japan, and Mexico. So right now, um, beforehand, before this, due to limitations that Apple had imposed on iOS apps and cloud services, Microsoft wasn't able to support iPhone and iPad when it launched it for beta for uh, Android earlier this year. So, yeah, they got into a fight about it, but it looks like it's going to be eventually coming. They got a compromise, and we'll be able to play some of those games. And a lot of the times, it's those older games. It's the free games that you might get. Uh, I know I have Xbox Game Pass. I think I might have Ultimate because I keep resubscribing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has stuff like uh, the pirate game, uh, Sea of Thieves. Oh, okay. Thieves? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I even downloaded Final Fantasy VII on it and a couple of other more recent games that I'm pretty stoked to check out. Yeah, Game Pass is a great deal. I mean, you get essentially a whole library of Xbox games for 15 bucks a month. So, I mean, if you buy yeah. a new game every, say, four or five months, then you're good to go essentially just by buying the Game Pass. Exactly. And it's one of those things also that if you've got kids, this is way better than having to buy those games all of the time. Yeah, it's a subscription fee, but also if you're able to put in a little bit of time with it, it helps, and it also gets you in with uh, like Xbox Live and lets you play the games online as well. Like that's sort of the thing that is all encompassing with it. So if you, or if you're one of those people who gets bored super easily, or you might have a lot of time stuck at home because I mean we're kind of there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was always doing that during the holiday time. I'd make sure and do that. But since I mean we're literally staying at home most of the time, the the cloud gaming is going to be worthwhile for you. Moving on from that, I found this Reddit topic. And I want to get both of your guys' take on this as well, because you're both gamers in your own right. Uh, Joe, a little bit more in terms of just like PC gaming at this point. Mm-hmm. And Vicky, uh, I, I, know, I know you started off with like Pokemon and stuff like that, yes. but you've been gaming your most of your life anyway. Yeah, between actual video games and <laughs> board games as well, if you count yeah. that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do Sims, and I've played a bunch of other ones, like littler games, like... So not so intense. This was on uh, the uh, on one of the gaming reddits that I found, and it's gamers of Reddit, and it's literally just actually it's on the uh, Ask Reddit subreddit. It said gamers of Reddit that lived in the '90s. What's the biggest shocker that you had on your gaming journey? And uh, the most upvoted one right now, so I'll give you guys a chance to a little think about this as we run along. Those is being able to save your progress was revolutionary. Before that, it was either writing down long-ass passwords or straight-up restarting from the beginning. And I remember that a lot when it comes down to games like Ghouls and Ghosts, which was an impossible game. It was so hard. Like, it's one of those games, even with, like, Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the, the, the Super NES, it... I, I never got past the first level, so it didn't really matter oh, no. if I saved it or not. But if you lost, you just went back to the beginning, mm-hmm. and you're just like, what the hell? I just spent three hours doing nothing. Um... But, I mean, they say Gamers of the 90s was the biggest shocker. That was something that happened in the 80s with The Legend of Zelda. I think that was the first one that had a save that wasn't just a password to get you back into the later levels. All games I played had saves. I think I started around Super Mario Brothers. So every time that I'd play, it did mm-hmm. that whole autosave 
function. Obviously, I had to finish the uh, the mission or the level that you were on. Yes. Uh, but, yes, I had that. I did not experience that having to write down long passwords. Cheat codes, maybe, but that's oh. about it. And that was, like, some of the worst parts was it was, like, okay, I've got to make sure. And it would be, like, something like Kid Icarus or something from the 80s when you're just, like, well, i got to put in all these things. Or even Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It would say, put in this thing because during each cutscene after you would win one of the circuits, you would have this scene where Lil Mac is running and be in chasing uh, his trainer, uh, and it would be the New York skyline. And then at the end, it would give you the, like, 12 to 16 uh, digit character code. Oh, damn. And you just had, you had to make sure you write that down. And if you lost it, oh, great. Restart. Yeah. And there was no internet where you could look this up. And no. if you, my favorite was if you wanted to figure out how to do something, if you were stuck, you had to buy the book. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking, thinking in Pokemon Silver, like, there's this <laughs> ice cave, and you have to, like, go around it a certain way in order to get out. Oh, yeah. And I could not. It took me, and this is before I had the book, so it took me days to figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> and I don't remember how I did it, and, like, I still have the book somewhere, but, uh, oh, God. Another one on this list is when 3D cards started to become mainstream in PC gaming in the late 90s. The original Tomb Raider was one of the first games I played in both in regular 3D and accelerated 3D, and the difference was night and day. It looked and moved so much better. And it was just, yeah, those leaps in technology. Like, uh, And I just remember, and Joe, this is going to be before your time with PC gaming, but I remember when uh, the family, I think my cousins had uh, a a 386 computer. Which was, uh, it was pretty good at that time, but then they got the new Star Trek game, and it ran because literally, like, the upgrades, it processed so slow that it took, like, 15 minutes to get through the opening animation. Literally unplayable. Unplayable. We had to buy, and again, this is something that's happened before, where you have to literally buy a whole new PC in order to play a game. That was my first experience with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't even my PC, so I didn't feel too bad about it. But when it was the realization, it was like, well, this thing works great for word processing and some of the older games, but it cannot even do any of this. Yeah, I remember buying a high-tech RTS game at one point when I had a computer, and it just lagged and lagged. And I'm like, why isn't it loading any of my units? Yeah. And my dad's like, because your computer sucks. Because it sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next one, not really a shocker, but the release of Diablo 1 happened to coincide with my college installing Ethernet in our dorm. R.I.P. my grades. And it was having the, the, the high-speed Internet. Uh, first for us, it was DSL. Yep. Which it just, <laughs> not the Urban Dictionary version, Vicky. No, I actually wasn't. I just remembering oh. <laughs> how bad the Internet used to be. Yes. Like, I, I wasn't necessarily gaming, like, in eighth grade, ninth grade. But I could do my nails, like paint my entire set of nails <laughs> in the time it took me to open up one page. Yeah. And my dad th- thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I'm like, no, I'm done with my nails. I'm yeah. still waiting for this page. I'm still mad at the 12 minutes it took me to download uh, Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla <laughs> because I'll never get that time back and that song is trash. No. Don't, don't at me, you guys. But, yeah, getting the DSL, it helped a lot. It was one of those things that made me realize that I could actually play games like EverQuest online without having to deal with too much lag on that. Um, one of the ones that I was thinking of, and this was way before that as well for me, one of the things that kind of the shocker that I had in gaming was discovering the negative world in Super Mario Brothers. Because you had to go through all of these different tricks, and it was literally you had to jump a certain way at the end of 1-2 in order to slide through the oh, wall, yeah. and then you oh go down God, the I tube before that. the numbers on the warp worlds happen. 
at that point, it kind of instigated a bug where you entered the negative world. So instead of one dash two, it was just dash two or dash three or dash one. And it was an endless swimming level. You would just die doing it. And it kind of ended the game and you'd have to start all over again. But it was super cool to see that. And it was like it wasn't even intentional. But it was just cool to be like, oh, there's something so much more to this game. It, it, it's interesting because like, I feel like I miss all the old bugs and cheat codes and everything. Because I know you can probably do that in a lot of video games. I know Sims, for, for example, do that. But I'm more of an app player game. Yeah. And there's times where I'm like, is there a cheat code? Like, I don't want to have to go through all these BS levels oh, yeah. just to get to either the story or to the next part. I'm like, I know it's like the crappy little games and stuff, but I'm like, I want to know what happens. Does she finish building her mansion and does she get to keep it? <laughs> yes, I play those games. Shut up. <laughs> uh, and then uh, finally to wrap all this up, I liked this one as well that came out. It was Sonic and Knuckles. Now, if you remember that from the Sega Genesis game, it was a complete plot that you could play through the entire game as Sonic or Knuckles with slight differences to the storyline. The crazy part was, though, at the top of the game cartridge opened up and you could either plug in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or 3. If you plugged in Sonic 3, it would allow you to play through both Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles since the games were developed concurrently and released about the same time with a bunch of added features and gameplay. If you plugged in Sonic 2, it would let you play through all of Sonic 2 as Knuckles, which changed the gameplay in some way. If you plugged in any other game, it would let you play like a little mini game. Oh, and that was super cool because you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to work with that. And it also reminds me and brings me back to the old Game Genie, which essentially what I was talking about with like the bugs with, um, uh, with uh, Super Mario Brothers. It was the same thing. It would let you input code that would alter the game. So sometimes it would be power-ups, or sometimes you would just look like a turtle, or you do all sorts of crazy <laughs> different turtles. things with the game. So it was fun to be able to kind of like, quote-unquote, hack the system. And that's what really what Sonic and Knuckles was doing as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would love to hear from everybody's uh, biggest shockers that they had in gaming. Send us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com, or post a bottle <laughs> or our Facebook pages and uh, social media. I just thought of my really dumb one. Okay. <laughs> what is it? So... I wanted to get back into playing Sims. I, okay. got my, I had my computer. I'm like, okay, let me go buy the game. So I go and I buy the game, and I don't open it because I realize my computer does not have a DVD slot or oh. a CD slot, you know? Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, crap. So I go buy one. You can buy one that just connects to your USB yeah. port. I open up the game, and they don't sell the CDs anymore. It's just the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I ended up needing it for other stuff, but I was like, really? I, like, waited, what the hell? I waited multiple days for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, kind of a shocker, but I felt real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, stick around because... Because now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what's going on? Uh, movie news, casting news, all that fun stuff. Because one of the more important ones that I've seen recently mm-hmm. is Logan Star, Daphne Keene confirm Fox had plans for an X twenty three spinoff. No way. <laughs> well, I mean, we know well, they had plans. Yeah, so. I don't know what that means. Um. Honestly, I loved her as X-23. However, I want to see her as an older X-23. Because right now in the comics, we have X-23 and uh, her little counterpart, uh, Honey Badger. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I remember correctly, Deadpool gave her that nickname. That's like an, it's a clone of her, but that's a very long story. You need to read the comics. I'll yeah, exactly borrow them right. if you guys want to borrow them. But Slightly uh, convoluted. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty cool. Like, I think that would be awesome to see X-23 older and kind of already taken on the mantle as Wolverine or even just 
as X-23, not just as a kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, she did say, uh, while promoting the new season of His Dark Materials on HBO, she's like, I got told by some people at Fox that there might be another one, but this was ages ago when we were filming and they haven't contacted me again. Um, it's weird because like I don't want to picture her talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like we're just at the beginning. There's more to be told, and it's a it's a relay race. And I come into play when they've already written and done pre production and decided on doing the film. So as soon as they say go, I'll happily go whenever. So I know sh she's definitely down, um, but I think she's too baby. And even if she, they do it in the next couple of <laughs> years, I feel like she might still be too baby faced. Oh, because if you know anything about X 23s origins, like after she left basically the facility, it's really interesting. It's a deep uh, mental dive. Cause even though she's one of the most powerful mutants and weapons out there, She's known as, you know, she's has had a captor. She's a captive, so she needs somebody to kind of boss her around. So for a while, she didn't know what to do with herself, so she became a prostitute. And oh. she had a very controlling pimp. It, like it was it's really, it was really dark. That was her first comic appearance was in a comic series called NYX, which is also the name of like a makeup brand. Now, is it really? I believe so. That's yes. funny. But it's called Nix. Now, Kind of an interesting thing on that end, like, um, has she officially been an X-Man in the canon? Yes. Because I could see her being something along the same lines as maybe a character in, like, Deadpool. Like, I could mm -hmm. see her maybe being introduced in Deadpool 3. Uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, they already sort of kind of have the timey-wimey sort of thing that they went with it. Maybe right. they could even introduce and be like, yeah, no, no, Deadpool actually kind of, while he was hopping around with uh, Cable's little piece there, he uh, managed to get a hitchhiker along the way. Like, right. I see a way that they can kind of implement her into the current timeline sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, with the way, like, all hell's going to break loose, I feel like, with, like, Fox and the multiverse right. and X-Men and all of that, that you could just kind of, like, hand waver in at some point. And I think it's a good idea to introduce more characters than just her originally, too, because mm -hmm. that originally had uh, Wolverine and Professor X, you mm -hmm. know, obviously great yes. actors, too. I, I And I don't know, nowadays, people want more than just one character in a movie. You know, they don't just want the standalone superhero movies anymore. But, yeah. But there's also the, like, the one thing, I love Deadpool 2, but I do feel, and it was funny when they presented all these characters just to have them killed off within, like, two minutes. That was genius, especially uh -huh. because they were, like, some of the more well-known X-Force characters. Mm -hmm. Like, Shatterstar was a staple in it, but at that point, it kind of enters into, like, do you want to even get into his backstory? Because it's, like, we're talking convoluted. Mm -hmm. That one's just a train wreck. Well, well, on top of, like, you had some big actors like Terry Crews, and then for, like, a split shiny moment, you mm -hmm. see Brad Pitt hanging out in there. <laughs> um, but even with, uh, like, what is it, Teenage, what's a Megasonic Teenage Warhead yeah. and her girlfriend... Um, Kamiko. Like, I would have loved to see more because I saw the trailers. I'm like, oh, these look like they're going to be awesome, like, to team up. And we didn't really see them that whole a whole lot. So if you're going to introduce really cool characters, like, one, we've already seen you kill them off in two minutes. So, I mean, doing it again, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't go super nuts with that. Like, don't do that same gag twice. Mm -hmm. But I would just, like, I, I would mean, love to see more characters, yeah. but give them enough time. And an interesting point to uh, when I was trying to get to with the, the X-Force thing is that I play the Marvel Strike Force game. Mm -hmm. And in the game itself, X-23 is in it. Mm -hmm. And she's actually labeled as X-Force. And huh. gets bonuses if you uh, have her fight with other X Force characters. Oh, that's awesome! So most of the time it'll be something like I'll run with like Cable, Deadpool, X twenty three, Negasonic, and then some random other it, X Force like, person. Was it Nighthawk? No, there's I, I'm, I'm blanking on his. Yeah, name. there's yeah. a bunch of different ones, but there was also one more, uh, a Domino. 
Okay, because yep. she's a staple with all oh, of them yeah. as well. So it's kind of fun to be like, oh, they consider X-23. I wonder if they're going to throw this in there. I always mm-hmm. figure that they're going to like push something like that in with the movies, es- which es- that's what I want. Especially since I know there's rumor that we're going to get a different Wolverine. But with Ryan Reynolds and his quote-unquote feud with uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, I can, you know, I don't see that necessarily happening in a Deadpool movie, at least not yet. Uh, having a new Wolverine, so definitely X-23 would be a nice step. Uh, but moving on from comic book movie stuff, uh-huh. we are getting a Solid Snake in real life movie. Like Metal Gear Solid is making a movie. I They're doing an adaptation, this. and we have our Solid Snake. And I never played it. My brother did, so I'd watch him play it all the time. Because I, I never had the patience for it. I just wanted to watch the story. <laughs> I didn't play it a whole lot. I remember the original Metal Gear way back in the day for the Nintendo. But since then, it's taken a whole life of its own. Mm-hmm. Please tell me, Vicky, that the actor is Carl, Carl Urban. Please. Oh, oh that would see, be that a, good a good call on one. that. I think. But you know what? I, I know who it is. And I am not uh, disappointed with this. Ooh. And my brother, I sent him this article. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I could see this. Uh, we have somebody who is obviously... Well known in the action movie world, he has had a few clunkers. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, <laughs> no. Tom, no, you stop that. Uh, Poe Dameron himself, Oscar Isaac. Yes, okay. Oscar Isaac okay. as Solid Snake, I think, is going to be a really good call on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see if he can do more than just what I've seen with Poe Dameron, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because it just comes down to, uh, like with Star Wars, like Metal Gear is a uh, a heavily loved franchise, which has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel because it's a video game, it's got one strike against it already. Because we already saw Michael Fassbender in the, I don't know if you uh, watched it, in Assassin's it. Creed. Yeah. But this can literally go one of two ways. Because Michael Fassbender is an amazing actor who's done amazing things. But that movie was a turd. And I don't want another video game movie to be a turd. So we know for a fact he is going to be in the movie Dune, the one that's going to be coming out soon. Yes. Uh, I totally forgot about this. He's supposed to be Moon Knight. That's right. I totally forgot about that. It's a TV series. He's going to be Moon Knight. Uh, He was also, I mean, we know him as Poe Dameron. But he also, uh, if you guys never saw the movie An- uh, Annihilation, yeah, that movie will mess you up. Oh, I forgot he was in that. But he he did a real like it was a weird character to portray, but he did a really good job with it in that movie. Like if you want a mind trip, like a <laughs> <laughs> watch that one in Arrival, you you will feel oh. like you smoked all the weed. Even oh if you gosh, didn't. yeah, and then finish that up with the old Contact. If you remember that one with oh, Jodie yeah. Foster, Ooh. it's kind of a trifecta with that. Actually, and if you want a bonus, go to Interstellar. Oh god, yeah, look at that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was also an Ex Machina. Oh, I did. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't remember seeing Ex Machina though. That one was good, but it was tough because you really had to like the genre. I feel mm-hmm. like otherwise you wouldn't have appreciated the movie as much. But it was about think, an AI. I think oh yeah, that, that's I think right. Your yeah. dad BJ really liked it. I mm-hmm. think I remember him singing its praises. I liked it a lot more the second time. Okay. Okay, it's one of those where you watch it the first time, you're kind of like. Hey. First one, I was tired and did not pay attention to the oh, first half of the that's movie. That's not gonna help. <laughs> and the second half, I'm like, I get where we got to, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is one more thing. It's not about movie casting news, but it's just what's going on in the world of movies. Like we've talked about in a previous episode that uh, a lot of the Warner Brothers movies are going to be just going to HBO Max. That's kind of the release plan. We have Wonder Woman on there. Um, I think Matrix 4. 
Uh, the new Tom and Jerry movie. The other one I'm excited for was was it Dune? I think also. Yeah, is gonna Dune. Be on there. Yeah, uh, Suicide Squad, yes. Matrix Four. I'm stoked for the Matrix Four. Please be Especially, good. I know. Like, I figured out what what was wrong with my dad's account, so I, we have HBO Ooh, Max. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. So that means that if you do have HBO, you do have HBO Max. Yes. I, you were just running into some issues. I was running into some issues because I was logging into his you know regular Xfinity account, which was not what you needed to create an HBO Max account with your Xfinity account. Oh. Like, so it's a whole nother account. Okay, okay, that um, makes sense. So that's what threw me for a loop because I'm like, why aren't you accepting this password? It's the same one, right? No, nope, it's, <laughs> it's different. Um, but not everyone is happy about this, in, including Christopher Nolan, who recently did oh, the movie yeah. Tenant. And he had some big words to say. He said, some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed that the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie, movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. Oh. Warner Brothers had inc- an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and in home, and they don't, and they are dismantling it as we speak. And they don't even understand what they're losing. Their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction yeah and it's like this is this like, took uh, everybody by surprise the mm-hmm. movie theaters um a lot of the people who not people but the uh, other smaller production companies that mm-hmm. were helping them out to do some stuff so like it's super cool for everyone out here right now oh we can go see a movie on hbo max that's super cool but i mean this is all a business decision and it's not out of the goodness of their heart like it's a corporation they're they're not doing it because it's it's something for you it's because they need to get their movies out there and they kind of need to recoup a lot of the money that's already been spent yeah i agree with what he said it's interesting that they only went to one streaming service Mm -hmm. Um, and and then it's not you're not paying for it because even disney plus with like mulan and stuff you had to pay additionally for it until a certain amount of time yeah. Which I'm surprised they didn't do it. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited I get to watch these movies because I already have HBO Max. However, yeah. I could see where that could be the problem. It feels mm-hmm. like a break-even play, you know, one of those ones yeah. where they're they're less worried about making money, more about recovering what has already been lost. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of this is going to be down with that. And, I mean, it's not going to be a replacement for the theater experience. But right now, most places and most people aren't ready for a theater experience. Do you think they're going to have a, a re-release anyways? I would hope so. Yeah, same. But, I mean, there's got to be something. They need to figure out something to instill confidence with all the theaters because I don't want to see theaters go away. No. I want to be able to go back to it. I want to see more drive-ins. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Let's just put our money into drive-in movie theaters and really make them cool. Absolutely. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.